In this episode, we talk about My Hero Academia, The World According to Jeff Goldblum, Paxis, The Chef Show, The Magicians, and Birds of Prey. Then review Sneaky Pete and Monster Boy and the Cursed Kingdom. All this and more on The Geek Generation. Hey now, welcome to the Geek Generation. I am your host, Rob Logan, joined in the studio by Mike Volpe. Hey. And Damien. I'm here. Hello, hello. Hey. Long time no see. I know, it's been a while. Yeah. Damien was just saying before this that it's been like a year since he's been on this program, at least. Yeah. Yeah. I had a random movie club, you know, a few months back, but something about the the month of March, you know, I'll be here or doing something. And then, then you won't hear from me for a while. He's been a busy working man. <laughs> yeah, aren't we all? Part of the job yeah. force. One of the many worker bees. Yep. Oh, yes. Okay, so as usual, we have our geek outs and freak outs and all that good stuff. So let's jump right into it with our geek outs. Yay! Damien. Well, since it has been a long time since I've been on the show, one of the big things that has changed in my life is I've gotten a new job, moved out from my parents' house, and... I'm just really happy with my new work-life balance. I've had a lot of time, especially more recently, to get back into gaming, watching movies, watching TV, things that I really didn't get to enjoy over the almost three years at my first job. So now there's things you actually have time to play to talk about. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, I played Kingdom Hearts for the first time. Oh, yeah. That's not a game that you can beat in, you know, just one or two playthroughs. That takes a while to play. Enjoyed it. I understand why so many people love it. Got a chance to play all the way through Spider-Man PS4. Absolutely fantastic game. Oh, yeah. Totally didn't realize what I was missing, aside from knowing how beautiful and fun the game, you know, felt. Amazing story, too, great right? Great story. Yeah. Great acting. Great animations. Like, it felt like you were watching, like, a Greatest Hits Peter Parker Spider-Man totally. story. It yeah. was fantastic. Catching up on some of the blockbusters from the end of last year and early of this year. You know, Black Klansman, uh, 1917. Um, Ford versus Ferrari, mm. just rounding out a lot of the games and movies that I've missed. I've, I've started Breaking Bad. Uh, I got to get through all of Game of Thrones. Like it's yeah. like a renaissance for me. Wow, I'm this loving guy. it. But that's free time. I know. It's, it's, What's that like? I would like maybe 10% of whatever you have. I'm cherishing Good every God. bit that I can have. You'll have to take it from me. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, so, congratulations. Well, thank you. For moving out and yeah better job big steps finally moving in with my girlfriend all oh, these he's you making know, the just, big bucks yeah. too oh, he's yeah. got the girlfriend <laughs> yep uh, i'm gonna take the role of uh paul this week and uh, one of my other geek outs is uh, about anime uh, <laughs> so another thing to add to the list of things that i've been watching yeah paul uh, will be proud oh and he honored. will as will a lot of other people because i've started watching my hero academia which is like all over the place right now in terms of popularity it's like on the front page of like funimation mm-hmm can buy all the merchandise everywhere. As for a premise, it's a world where humans over time evolved to develop what they called quirks, mm-hmm. which essentially are just like ridiculous random abilities that some have used to become superheroes or some have become supervillains. But it's an entire society where about 80% of the population has some sort of ability that's just absolutely wild. And the show kind of picks up on a, a character that is, he doesn't have a quirk. He's of that rare few that doesn't have a quirk, but his like desire was to become like a top hero. Like he idolizes the top heroes, keeps a notebook of like all their abilities and is like really good at strategizing, but he's a weakling. He doesn't have any abilities, but he manages to make his way into the top hero high school after being taken under the wing by the top hero, the top ranked hero. And now the show is it it sounds like your your average young protagonist mm-hmm. male gets the superpowers and everything, but the way that the show is written and the way that they build the world is actually like really good. The, mm. the universe is very fleshed out. It's like a show that does a good job of setting its rules and then mm. following those rules and getting very descriptive of things. The secondary characters are very well written and well defined so that you're actually in a world that feels like it's populated. Where, where your main character, Izuku Midoriya, he goes to school with a bunch of classmates. And there's just so many unique characters that we actually know a lot about even though they are only on screen, you know, every few episodes. Okay. And so it's a really good show. It's in its fourth season. I absolutely consumed it after months and months of being prodded by a lot of fr- a lot of different friends, Paul and Greg included. 
Where are you watching this? <laughs> on uh, Hulu. Oh, okay. Yep, you can get it on Hulu. Funimation has it. Um, pretty sure Crunchyroll has it. So it's it's available. It's very popular, mm. um, but it's deservingly so. It's a very good show. Cool. So my last geek out uh, is actually relatively new. Back in February, we got a new digital toaster oven, but it's a digital eight in one toaster oven. Really? Made by Ninja. It's the Ninja Foodie eight in one toaster eight oven. One. It slices. Eight it in dices. One. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, those are probably the couple things, the only two things that it doesn't do. Basically, it's a a countertop convection oven. Mm-hmm. You can use it like a regular toaster oven. You can use it as an air fryer. You can use it as a um, just like as like a mini oven. So like you can make nachos in it. You can reheat food in it. Question already. Hit me. So a convection oven is an air fryer. There actually is no difference between the two. Because oh, really? what that it, air fryer is a good marketing term. Mm. True. Most people don't understand this because what an air fryer does is it, it circulates the hot air in right. a circle to mm. cook the food faster. That's right. exactly what a convection oven does. Mm. That's a good point. So, I hadn't thought of it that way. <laughs> oh, well. Look at Just that. an FYI to people out there that want to spend all the money on air fryers. The the benefit of, of an air fryer is if you're only making like a really small portion, you right. can do that nice and quickly. Otherwise, save your money and get a convection oven. Just saying, little ba- rant on the side. Baking is science. Yep. He's the man. So going off of that, with the the really cool perks about this particular one mm-hmm. is that it preheats to any temperature that you set it up to in 60 seconds. So you can do all of your prep, like you're cutting your vegetables. If you're making nachos, you got your chips, you make your whatever, you throw your sauces on, whatever. Yeah. And then you can preheat it. So by the time set it to like 400 degrees and it'll get there. It'll get there in a minute. minute. That's crazy. So from the time that you could go press start, walk back to your counter, pick up your stuff and walk back over to it. It's pretty much ready. And then you just slide it in there. Damn. <laughs> yeah. It's so I mean, good. I thinking, man, that draws some serious power and just heats yeah. up fast. The other cool thing about this particular model is that it flips up. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty beefy in size. Okay. But you can lift it on its like back feet yeah. on, a, on a hinge, and then you can just have it sit straight up, which is like really? awesome for saving counter space. And then you can just, you know, put it back down whenever you're ready to oh, use it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, not too bad to clean. One of the other cool features among those eight-in-one features is that it has a dehydrator function. Really? And that dehydrator oh. function made me think, hmm, what do <laughs> I like that you can use a dehydrator for? Beef jerky. Oh, yeah. Of yep. course. So I went and found a local butcher shop. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to learn how to make this. So I went ahead and I bought like pretty decent piece of, of beef, mm-hmm. cut it up thin, made my own marinades, you know, looked at some stuff online. Yeah. And dehydrated it for about like eight hours. You could do it like overnight. Wow. And since it's a digital one, it'll turn off as soon as it's done. Yeah. You don't have to worry about that. I stopping love. it. Yeah. Right. As auto, how auto did stops. It, how did the jerky come out? Well, I think it came out pretty good. Yeah. But you can tell me after we're done recording because I brought some. This guy, he knows we <laughs> love food. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. I bought mine on Amazon. I imagine Rob will do us the favor and put the link in the show notes. Absolutely. And as always, if you use that link or if you do your Amazon shopping at thegeekgeneration.com slash Amazon, do your shopping as normally and you'll give us a little kickback by using our link. Damien's listened to a few episodes. And the crowd goes wild right? for the cheap right? pop. Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. Is the uh, one so I have one up on the screen for us to look at yeah, too and people cool. can look. Is this the one you have? It's not the pressure cooker one. Oh, okay. Um, what kind of stuff have you made with it so far? Other um, than beef jerky. So other than beef jerky, you can do, like, I've made, like, french fries with it, mozzarella mm-hmm. sticks. And the cool part about air fryers is that their goal is to make things with little to no oil. Right. French fries you can do completely without oil. And they come out crispy? They come out crispy. They really? have a nice brown, that little Mylard reaction on it. It's got a very it. sleek design got, to it. Yeah. It's got a nice, nice. crisp to it. You almost had me convinced, and then I saw how tall it's not. Yeah. So it's it's it looks like it's good for a lot of things, but mm-hmm. not a lot of the things I'd use it for. Right. You you'd have to you'd have a tough time putting any like anything that doesn't just like lay flat in a cookie sheet. Yeah. Like you wouldn't be able to do like a really tall like roast in it, or right. you're not going to be able to cook a turkey in. But it. the pictures show like chicken wings, nachos. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's good for snack foods, which is really dangerous because it's really good for snack foods. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't want French fries in ten minutes from pulling the bag out of the freezer mm-hmm. to to getting it done? So. The only critique I would have on it yeah. is that the accessories that are with it, the the fry basket and the the pan, they're not like of the top quality. The fry pan 
I've had mine and it's it's scratched a little bit. Okay. Right? Some of the things, the air fryer basket, mm-hmm. um, it's got a little bit of discoloration after using it. That isn't exactly. I feel like washing that's away. fairly common with but, a lot yeah. of things. Yeah. But given the price point of it, I think it's a pretty good give and take on that. And it's not like these things are falling apart after you know your first use. Just yeah. something to keep in mind. Cool. But yeah. That seems like a college kid's dream, right? Uh, oh yeah, I don't know device, right? It's like I mean, an all-in-one great in a dorm, yeah. yeah. From breakfast to dinner, you can make a lot of things in there, yeah. And like, even if you're doing things with like smaller portions, it's it's pretty good. Oh yeah, I w- like, I, I would definitely get a lot of use out of something like this, especially mm-hmm. something that heats up that quickly. Oh yeah, the, my yeah, like I said, my only limiting factor would be the fact that I I have a convection oven and I do like casseroles in it and stuff mm-hmm. and things that would require a little more height to it. Yeah, don't go throwing out your oven. You're no, gonna, no, you still need that, but like. <laughs> For example, in the summertime, instead of heating up your entire oven, if yeah. you're making something that fits mm-hmm. in that in this little thing, it's it's great. Yeah. You're not going to heat up your whole well, house. Well, I mean, like I have a I have mm-hmm. a shelf convection oven as well, in oh. addition to my regular one, so that oh. I don't have to use my regular right. one all the time. Yeah, and it's actually super handy to have my regular oven and then a smaller convection oven, especially around like Thanksgiving and stuff. Ooh, or if I'm go. hosting, which I do a lot of, I can cook multiple things at the same time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, cool. Nice, nice find. Thank you. Yeah. Ninjas coming out with all the stuff. Oh, they are. I got their blender. Do you? That thing's powerful. Cool. It's good. I'll have to look into it. That's one of their, like, kind of. That was like their claim to fame, right? Yeah. Their signature uh, cooking mm-hmm. device, I suppose. Yeah. Cool. Volpe, what do you got? Ah, uh, well, I don't have a lot. It's because okay. Because for the last 60 days, I've had my face shoved in computer screens doing mostly gym redesign. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with the little free time I've had, uh, I was watching a show that I had been meaning to get to for a while on Disney Plus, which is The World According to Jeff Goldblum, mm-hmm. who, I mean, how do you not love this guy, right? right. Uh, what a great show it was. Yeah. Uh, the first season's done. I think they're doing another one. He basically picks random things like uh, coffee, jewelry, swimming pools, bicycles, and he kind of goes into like, why do people love these things so much? Mm. Like, Ooh. what is it about them mm-hmm. that they love? Who is this really hardcore audience that loves these things and why? And he goes to different conventions and he investigates and he talks to about the history of it. But what makes it fun and what really makes the show so watchable is him, of course, because his mannerisms. He's just a personality. Yeah, his personality, his speech pattern, Mm -hmm. his facial expressions. Like when you're watching it, you're like, yes, I love this now, too. Yeah. You know, he just comes through the screen and just makes everything so fun. So if you have Disney Plus, definitely worth watching. Great show. I think there's about 11 episodes to it. Okay. Each episode's only a half hour or so long. So okay. it moves quickly. So you get like the, the one. Point. Is it usually one topic per episode? Yes. Or? Okay. Yeah. Really great show. I highly, highly recommend it. My next geek out is Coca-Cola has been releasing a lot of new flavors. So they took their vanilla coke base flavor if you mm-hmm. like that both as the regular version with sugar right and then the coke zero version and then they've been adding like fruit flavors to it so they oh, really? did the orange coke vanilla orange vanilla was the one that came out maybe six months ago okay. or so. so so like a creamsicle yeah kind of all right yeah all right with obviously the coke flavor and mm-hmm. then they just released one that's cherry it's really really good yeah like i cannot drink enough of this stuff wow wow uh it is obviously i get the coke zero version because mm-hmm. sugar if i drink too much sugar i kind of get sick now like if i were to just chug a mountain dew mm-hmm. probably gonna have a pretty yeah it doesn't make me feel quick. great no we've been so long without sugar yeah like, it's usually like that. my problem is usually i realize it after i've already finished of the item so oh, yeah yeah we sit there on like fourth of july and drink a half a bottle each of yeah. like uh, mm-hmm. blue mountain dew and, and then, then you're like Krispy Kreme oh my god and, i'm gonna die yeah. candy yes yep. exactly so it's really good the zero version still very sweet so if you have okay. a sweet tooth it satisfies it so i sit there and you know trying to play xbox at night or whatnot and i drink it it's just satisfying really mm-hmm. good you'll see it on store shelves it's worth grabbing a, a bottle or a pack of cans cool um, i gotta say though it's like about time that they put together the vanilla and the cherry because like yeah. those are their most popular secondary flavors mm-hmm. next to you know your regular your coke mm-hmm. so and pepsi's been doing it for a while Have they've they? had a pepsi the pepsi is it their cherry vanilla for a long time okay it's about time coke 
got with the program, but really good. Give it a shot. Give okay. it a try. I think anything they can do to cover up the cola flavor is the best thing that they could do for it. So you're not a big cola flavor. Yeah, it's like all right. Mm. It's fine. It's not my preference at all. I don't even like the way at this point Coke tastes or like feels on my teeth. Like oh. I can feel it eroding my mm. face as I'm drinking it. <laughs> Perhaps my teeth are melting in my mouth. <laughs> Basically, speak. they're rotting away. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you're away from it for long enough, that's when you realize you're like, mm, maybe this isn't an everyday sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, they have they have uh, Starburst jelly beans out again for mm. oh, the Easter, Easter season, mm. and they came out with a soda selection of like different soda oh, flavors. Really? I found it to be kind of disappointing as a whole. Did they do like? Root beer, orange, grape. It was like orange soda, grape soda. The one that was really odd was lime cola. Okay. Okay. And there's odd that they chose that flavor. No hint of lime in it whatsoever. It just tastes like cola. Yeah. And it's that is disappointing. It's the one that I did not eat in the bag, basically. Oh, sure, because C Rob's facial expression is no talks about it. He's just disgusting. Well, the other problem, too, is that lime is one of the best flavors. It is. And that was such a fake out. Like they're even green, and you go to eat it, and it's like, no, that's weird. I would have figured they would have made it like a brown color. Yeah. Yeah. A lime cola, I don't know. Or even like a dark green. But yeah. it looks like it's just a lime jelly bean, so it's a real mind trip right there. And then it reminded him of Skittles and when they got rid of oh, lime. Don't and remind me. Oh, and we went down I still the feel the pain hole. of that. Tragic, tragic, tragic. <laughs> green apple. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so my first one is one I know that Damien is geeking out over as well, which is PAX East. Uh, PAX we East. went again, of course, mm. this year, checked out a whole bunch of games. I have a little list of a few different ones that I thought were kind of how standouts. fortunate that they held this when they held it. Huh? I know it was it on was the so verge early yeah, this that, year yeah. and it lucked mm. out as such. Yeah. It actually happened. And we were a little worried, too, because we had a panel that I talked about on the last show mm-hmm. uh, just saying that it was coming up. Mm-hmm. We actually did the panel this time. And we were a little worried that it was going to affect the attendance of the entire con. Plus, our panel was like three hours before the end of the con on Sunday. Mm -hmm. People start to go home and everything. So we were worried. But we'll talk about that a little more in a moment. So some of the games that we checked out that I thought were particularly interesting. The big one for me, of course, being 30XX. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So 20XX is a game that is a Mega Man clone. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely love the Mega Man franchise of games. But the cool thing about 20XX is is a procedurally generated Mega Man game. So every time you play, it's different. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So you, you get to the bosses, but you do so in like different order. There's different power-ups you can get. Each run is slightly different. And that's something that more and more games are doing. And I was just so impressed that that could be accomplished with a Mega Man clone. Right. Because Mega Man games are one of the reasons they're so good is because of the level design. Right. So the fact that they could even do that and have the levels be somewhat generated, there are, it's kind of like taking different Lego blocks and sticking them together. Mm. We have like little areas that are kind of pre-designed. And yeah, Yeah. but just the fact that they even figured out how to do that was pretty impressive. So 30XX is the sequel to that that's coming out. And there's a whole bunch of new additions. Uh, They have boss specific levels now, whereas before, it was you just played the level and whatever boss you got was kind of a surprise. So you'll lose that surprise, I think, a little bit because the level will be specific to that boss. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a nice trade off because that was a nice thing about Mega Man games, too. Yeah, you got a little more of a feel of what mm-hmm. that boss character is like when you have them in an environment that speaks very much to them. Yeah. I had the the fortune to play with Rob for the, the demo portion before our interview, and I very much enjoyed it. So I'm looking forward to... Some co-op. Perhaps? Oh, yeah. And there's going to be some online co-op, too, right, which would be great. Yeah. Anytime. Very excited about that. Another game was Beyond Blue, which is a joint venture between uh, the game developers. Uh, they also made a game called Not Alone. Not Alone. Never, Never Alone. Alone. Never, Never Alone. Alone, which is uh, it was kind of an exploration of Eskimo culture. So there were some historical like clips wow. from documentaries and stuff thrown in throughout the game. It was a really chill, very enjoyable, super good experience. And they teamed up with the BBC to make this game, uh, which is basically another exploration of underwater life. So you play like a diver that's doing research and you're just like swimming alongside whales and sharks and all sorts of fish and you're cataloging them and you get little video clips of them that come up and stuff. And it feels like it would be boring and educational. But that's kind of what's also awesome about it because it's it's like no stress, like nothing's attacking you. Right. You're just kind of going through this environment in a very relaxing, chill way. 
but it does feel still very epic when you're like swimming next to a whale and its eye is like right next to you and everything. It's super fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They worked very much with like the people that worked on um, blue planet, the Mm -hmm. documentary Mm -hmm. series. Um, So they had scientists that worked on that footage from that. Um, Everything that's, used in the game is very scientifically accurate like they got it down to like the lighting mm-hmm. what the wow. behaviors of these different organisms are and everything yeah and a lot of the clips they're going to show in the game too are like the unused footage from the documentary so this is like Legit. high quality professionally shot good wow. stuff yeah mm-hmm. so the purpose of the game is to what you're, you're going through and cataloging yeah yeah basically yeah it's really How just kind of a journey it's beautiful visually. it is beautiful mm-hmm. yeah like, are they pushing that photorealism or as close to it as they can? Pretty close. I mean, yeah. it doesn't look like you're in the water mm. itself, but like from a video game perspective, it's still like very cool. realistic. It's yeah. not cartoony. Yeah. In any way. I guess that's what I was trying to figure mm-hmm. out. Yeah. No, it's not like cartoons or anything. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Super good. Sometimes Speaking. you need a nice relaxing game. Yes. That doesn't get your blood pressure. And there were a the few oh, that yeah. we got to see. Uh, we, we saw a few of those at PAX, and it was very nice to see kind of more of those coming out. Because mm-hmm. in stressful times, sometimes you just want to chill. and yeah. Go for a swim. Yeah, exactly. Uh, on the other side of underwater adventure, we go from the relaxing to the just predatory with a game called Man Eater. Oh, I like the sound of this. You play as oh, yeah. a shark. Yeah. Uh, you have a vendetta against this one shark hunter that like killed your mom. <laughs> mm-hmm. But in the process of doing so, like you were born at the moment that he was killing your mom. Like he pulled you out of your mom's body after Good he caught her. God. Yeah. And you watch all this happen. So the game you're basically playing as a shark and you are destroying everything. You are jaws. You're wrecking Must. boats. You're grabbing people by like jumping up in midair, oh, yeah. chopping the crap out of them. It's super bloody. And there's like combos for like smacking them oh, and chomping on them. Cool. You would love this yeah. game. Yeah. It's got like little elements of like Grand Theft Auto and Saints Row. Yeah. Now, where you're just, you can just ruin everything. And it's all and exaggerated too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, and there are cool little tricks like on your last chomp, you can do special things. Like a finisher. That just ha- yeah, almost like finishers and they happen That's kind great. of on their own. But they needed to justify, of course, this extreme violence. So, in doing so, they're like, this dude killed your mom mm-hmm. and you're just getting back to him through all this other stuff. But and in the process, I guess you took his arm as well. Ah, when he was grabbing you and pulling you out, you basically chomp onto his arm and rip part of his arm off. So he's got a vendetta against you and you've got one against him. He also marks you right away by putting like a scar on you with his knife. God. But you grow up over the course of the game too, from a baby shark to an adult shark mm-hmm. and you're just trashing stuff along the way. Very cool. It's very fun. I enjoyed it a lot. Did, did they say whether this is going to come out as like something you can download on Xbox or is it I think computer? it's coming out on multiple platforms oh, and within the next few months. So they were a lot of games will show up to PAX years before they're going to release. Mm-hmm. They're like ready. And wasn't like this like their first public anything? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. First time showing it off and now it's coming out in a couple months. So super cool. Uh, another game when we're talking about kind of relaxing stuff was Spirit of the North. You basically play as a fox, like a mystical fox. Mm. And have you seen or heard of Journey before? Yeah. So it's very much in that tone mm-hmm. nice. where you're basically just kind of going along an exploration path. It's not like an open world, open world. There's still a path you're following, but it's a lot of get this thing over here, bring it over here. But it's a beautiful environment and it's very chill. And you're like just this fox that can bring energy into its body. So you find these like obelisks that have the energy in them. You absorb it. You go to this other one where you have to release it into that one. And that activates changes in the environment and everything. And it's that you uncover like story elements and the lore as you're going through. But there's no dialogue or anything like that. It's Mm -hmm. all just Mm -hmm. kind of through exploration and just the things that you encounter. And this will be a multi-platform game as well? I believe. Yeah, it's already out for PS4, Mm -hmm. but it's coming out on PC and I think Switch very soon. Cool. Yeah. And then the last one that I wanted Are any of these games games you plan on streaming on Twitch at some point? Possibly. I've kind of cut back on my on-stream gaming Mm -hmm. a little Mm -hmm. bit. I'll, I'll be doing it here and there, but I'm focused mainly on like produced content now, I think. Cool. So like the game show and everything yeah. and maybe some podcasting stuff. But okay. 
Maybe some clips on YouTube. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's I mean, definitely going to be some stuff on YouTube. Just sound fascinating. Yeah. It'd just be cool to see them in action. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I'm definitely going to keep. Uh, I don't know how much I'm going to be playing them on Twitch, but I'm going to keep making YouTube videos mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. sure. And I'm actually going to up my YouTube production. So, all right. Uh, the slash YouTube if people want to check those out. Uh, the other one that we checked out was Streets of Rage 4. Oh, yeah. There yeah, were other games as well, but uh, this one's the last one that I thought was worth mentioning. Streets of Rage 4 yeah. was. So, I haven't watched the full interview yet. The other cool thing about this PAX is I didn't do all the interviews this year. My friend Pumpkinberry did a few of them, too. Yep. And this is the games that she was very excited about. So yeah. she did the interview for it. And I believe they said that they just kind of asked the people who had the license if they could do this mm -hmm. and presented them with something. And they're just like, yeah, go ahead. Now, that's the way to be. Yeah. Like, if someone is coming in with passion that wants to come in and make your make the product make the game that they've wanted to and it looks good and they're in good hands, let mm -hmm. them have it. Like, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so Streets Rage 4 is exactly what you would want it to be. Mm -hmm. It is very, it, it looks very animatic. Mm -hmm. Like everything is cartoons, but like really nicely done, great animations on it. Yeah. And it, it does look like it could be like a live action, or not a live action, but a, a real cartoon that you would see on TV. Like the graphics are that good. It's very fluid, and mm -hmm. to me, it looks almost like like if you look back to the older games, they don't yeah. look quite like you remember them. Yeah. But looking at this one made you think, oh, this is what Streets of Rage looked like to me when I was first playing the yeah, you know, yeah. the older games. When you go back and play those games, they're hard. Yeah, they oh, yeah. are hard to beat. And this one was hard too. It is like your typical side-scrolling beat 'em up. How close successor. are they to releasing this? That I don't remember. Okay. I don't remember. But they have a lot of the classic characters. Mm -hmm. They have new characters. One of the characters is even a daughter of a classic character. Oh. So there's a lot of cool stuff going on. I highly recommend it. It was a lot of We played for yeah, way too for long. I think we played for like 40 minutes. It oh, was wow. ridiculous. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, but then the last that's thing for a good packs, amount of time they gave you playing. Oh, yeah. Well, we were in the press area, too. Well, that's great. So, yeah. <laughs> it was nice the perks uh the last thing it packs that's worth noting is the panel itself we had done yeah. a panel on the most influential video games of the past decade uh I know you were very excited about this i was yeah i was posting things constantly mm -hmm. reminding people that it was happening oh, and i yeah. don't know if it was from my post or just people wanting to show up but it ended up being that we had a room that held about 340 people yeah. we took a look at it to see Mm -hmm. like how much because i did a chair count and everything just be like i don't know how much this room actually holds i was like i don't know if we're gonna fill this up we were at capacity no they way were turning people away congratulations yep. that you. is awesome there were pictures of the queue line yeah like, it was full and like everyone was in seated we were completely full that by the time is everything awesome. got started we yeah. was a full audience and i just i, I had the, the privilege to sit up on stage working the computer mm -hmm. so i could see up close just watching all of our panelists and rob just like their eyes as they see more people coming in. That is their fantastic. Faces is, the, is the reaction to it. I'm just like, this is awesome. Yeah, it was a did lot of fun. Did you get that adrenaline rush? Of course I did. Like, yeah. When we used to I wrestle mean, I didn't right have before intro you came music, the curtain, but... you were like, yeah. <laughs> Nothing beats that adrenaline rush because that's no, a whole but... different kind of performing. But, but the... that's awesome. A packed room. Yeah. That is great. It was, it was pretty awesome. And I know I've been moderating panels for a while. This yeah. was my first one at PAX and... I think this is the largest one I've done because I've done rooms that held like two to two fifty. Mm -hmm. I believe I had done like a Marvel Comics panel that was a decent size as well. But this one was probably the largest one I've done. I know all the panelists were very nervous coming into this and one. it was their first panel, period. Yeah. Uh, but they all did such a fantastic job. Yeah. But I mean, these are people that perform live. So it's just they usually are doing it in front of people that they can't see watching them. So that was the only difference. When you have people looking at you. Yeah, it is a little bit of a difference. It, it but these, a difference. these are all entertaining people and they know their stuff. And that's why I selected them. That one, they're entertainers. They're my friends. And they know video games very, very well. And they nailed it. And they like, nailed it. They did a really good job. Yeah. Like aside of it being their first panel, like they all four of you did a really good job putting this on. You hit the timing right. You were able to interact with the audience with the yep. time we had left at the end was great and i just want to give a shout out to people of our you know the twitch family community you know the geek generation and all of the related just for coming out to supporting us the ones that were there people that knew me personally that came just to support that's the awesome. geek generation that was that's fantastic yeah people so, came to support damien because he asked them to be there people came to support me support pumpkinberry sk greg it was awesome we had just 
so much representation from all of our different communities right. kind of coming together, which was so cool to see. And then just the PAX community themselves on top of that, because right. even our just communities couldn't have filled the entire room. So there had to be a lot of interest above and beyond. Also, uh, one guy, Reed, who came by, mm -hmm. stopped me after the panel. He said he's been listening for 10 years. Oh, my like, goodness. Since the beginning of the podcast. Wow. wow. Yeah. So that was, and he's someone that like, likes some and comments on things on that, Twitter like, all the time. So you know, yeah, that's it was awesome. the first time that like, he's been listening for 10 years and I actually got to meet him in person. I love that stuff. That's so yeah. amazing. Yeah. It was really cool. It was and really you cool. Did you have any idea that he was going to be there? No, yeah, none whatsoever. So cool. Yeah. You are now, not now, but you, know, you are a celebrity. Yeah. No. Uh, Rob's yeah. famous. Rob's a, no, Rob's no, no, famous. No, no, no. I have famous. No, 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 no. no, no. Oh, he is. Yeah. He'll deny it. He's famous. No, hardly. Uh, but that was PAX. It was That's a awesome. super fun time. And uh, even though I only went for three out of the four days this year. I did all four. You did. It was so, so <laughs> painful. I loved every moment of it. It was so painful. It was. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a great, great con. I had a lot of fun this year. Uh, my other geek out is the chef show. Mm. I don't know if either of you have seen any no. of it before. No, I haven't. It's on Netflix. It is uh, an extension in a way of the movie chef. Okay. I don't that know if you've seen that. Was a good movie. The John Favreau movie. Yeah. Yeah. So the chef show is also done by John Favreau. Mm -hmm. I knew that it was like a cooking show that he was doing. I didn't know exactly what it was going to be until I watched it. Mm -hmm. So, what it is basically is he and Roy Choi, who is a celebrity chef, he started okay. the food trucks called Kogi. Mm -hmm. And Roy Choi is the one that trained Favreau to do the stuff in the movie Chef and make it look like it was legit because it was oh, legit. Wow. Okay. So apparently, when Favreau was wanting to do this movie, mm -hmm. he approached Roy Choi and was like, "Hey, I want you to be like the food consultant on this because if you're going to do a cooking movie, you get a chef consultant to make sure that things look good." Right. Like most other yeah theatrical performances. And yeah. and Roy Choi is successful enough to where he was like, "I don't need to do this." Sure. But I will do it under one condition: we do things the right way because so many movies pretend like they're doing it the right way mm -hmm. and they just don't mm -hmm. right but we're gonna make everything legit i love that yeah and you can tell when you watch chef that they are putting a lot of love and care into those cool. food preparation scenes mm -hmm. and all the food they're making is actually like legit good food cool. they, they were saying that people were like fighting on the set to get the stuff that they oh, made yeah. after they made it was it. such a good movie too yeah it really great. was so uh, the chef show is kind of like an extension of that. Instead mm -hmm. of it being a story based thing like the movie is, it's more of a documentary series. OK, so Favreau and Roy Choi have guests and they like make stuff with them. Mm -hmm. They talk about the backgrounds of that particular person and why they're into cooking and all that stuff. So one of the episodes they go to Robert Rodriguez's house, mm -hmm. the director, oh. and he has a uh, like a wood fire pizza oven. He's big into making pizza and stuff like nice. that. So he'll have like directors over for meetings and he'll just make pizzas for him and stuff. He said like Del Toro just wanted him to keep coming. He's like, <laughs> just keep those things coming. They're fantastic. Uh, but he talks about like what he does, like why food is important to him and how that actually that art style affects his other art styles. Mm -hmm. uh, so stuff like that. He's done cooking segments with like Gwyneth Paltrow with Bill Burr. Like, oh, wow. yeah. So he has tons of different guests and they do different things. But sometimes they'll go remotely and visit other chefs that are friends of Roy's and oh. they'll kind of explore what it takes to make that stuff. And mm -hmm. Farrow is very much a student of cooking that all kind of started with chef and it's now become like a side passion of his. Right. He was introduced into the world and now he's in it. So now he's in it. So now he's like a mm -hmm. student of Roy's mm -hmm. like he always calls him chef as if he's his apprentice apprentice yeah, yeah. Hmm. and he's very he's very curious he's constantly asking questions mm -hmm. and it's his passion and his curiosity that it just flows out of the show and it's such a nice watch like if we're talking about things that are just like stress-free experiences yeah that are just very joyful it's not hell's kitchen no i'll need that this show is very much that I'm it is just it a pleasure to watch there are three volumes that have been released so far they're calling okay. them volumes instead of seasons i like that's um, different and it's a total of 20 episodes currently mm -hmm. cool. but really i've only watched the first volume so far but i love it it's so good 
It's funny how a really good story that leads up to a cooking process works really well for television, mm-hmm. but absolutely pisses you off when you're looking for a recipe and you got to scroll through someone's blog as they tell you their <laughs> yeah. life story oh, to the recipe. God, I oh, yeah. hate that. It's the worst. I don't need to know what your kids did on Christmas all day long. Very right. true. Before we get to your bacon mac and cheese dish. Yeah. Right. But like, if it's on TV, it'll be great. It'll be a lovely yeah. produced story. Nice side note though, there are browser plugins that you can install. Is there really? That will pop up the recipe no and save way. you so much time. Oh, that, yeah. Like you'll go on the pages and it will jump down to where the recipe is yeah. or it will just pop it up as a pop-up window on top of everything. Oh, that's fantastic. And it's just, it's magic. Oh, I'm always like <laughs> going on, on Pinterest to find recipes to put into emails to send out to members. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to find the recipe to see if it's, you know, simple yep. that somebody's not going to look at and go, oh, this is too much. I got to get through a life story first. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't, I don't, well, give me a break. That's I've just scrolled for, for hours to get to the recipe. That's here. just search yep. engine optimization. Yeah. That's all it is. That that it. helps Google find their sites. Mm-hmm. It's the only reason they're there. Yeah. And it keeps people on the page longer. Yeah. I guess so. Yep. Let's switch then to our freakouts. Oh, freakout. Damien. All right, so I've got mine's a bit of a doozy. I'm going to keep it as light as I can. Yep. But in relation to PAX, so mm. we'll take it back to PAX. On the first or second day, I actually met up with friend of the geek generation, John Tuttle. Mm-hmm. And so we went and, you know, we palled around for about a half hour. I somehow did not games. bump into Tuttle at all the really? entire con. Yeah. No kidding. Unfortunately. That's too bad because he says he usually just bumps into you, which mm-hmm. is funny, which he did to me. So we went and we played a couple games together and checked some stuff out, which was cool. And then we played one game together that was like a four-player co-op game. Mm-hmm. So it was me and him. And then we happened to sit next to a person. Uh, she's a, a, a Twitch streamer or whatever. Um, and one of the developers, we played through the game. It was great. You know, she handed me her business card. It was like, okay, whatever. I'll take it. Moved on. Mm-hmm. You know, just like simple interaction. Nothing mm-hmm. I was going to think twice about. And then after, after PAX, I was going through Twitter. And I happened to see a post that was relating to one of the after parties that was being hosted by Acer. Someone posting that they were roofied at the party, mm. which is absolutely terrible. And yeah. Not okay in any way. And, you they know, got roofied. Right. At a part after party mm-hmm. right. for PAX East. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not affiliated with PAX no, East. So it, like, I know. They're not about. on the hook, but it's surrounding it. Sure. You know, hosted probably at one of the, the clubs nearby Jeez. and stuff. And the Acer party happens every year. Right. Like that's, that's Acer a, is in the computer company. Yeah. Oh. Specifically by their gaming division. And I, Hmm. really don't want to make this joke, but the uh, Acer gaming division is called Predator. Yeah. And I was just like, well, that's ironic. Anywho, so it was a real freak out in the moment as I'm scrolling through Twitter. I'm like, okay, this isn't cool. And then I happened to see the username of the person that I was playing with. Mm -hmm. And she also said that she felt like she was drugged at the party. And I was like, okay, I didn't know this person, but I had a moment with this person. We talked, we shook hands, played a game together, Mm -hmm. and then something bad happened to them. Mm. Thank God it wasn't worse, but it's just like, this is not okay. And I mean, I'm sure none of our listeners would would ever do anything like this, but Mm. this is still something that exists in geek culture. Yeah. Yeah. And and it it Not even just geek culture, it exists, period. Well, whether you're male or female, if you're out anywhere... You want to believe in the best in everybody, yeah, but absolutely. don't take a drink of any sort from anybody. Don't leave anything sitting out in the open. Yeah, Keep whatever you have, be it a water, a soda, or an alcoholic drink, in your hand at all times, in view. There was a post don't from one eat person. something that somebody just hands you, like, you know. Sure. There was a post you from one know. person, too, who was like, I only took things from people that I knew and trusted mm-hmm. and still got roofied. Right. Which means there was a break in the chain somewhere, or someone you trust yeah, isn't someone you should be you. trusting. Right. And it, I mean, you can take all the precautions you want, but the the fact that people are out there doing this is just yeah. awful. It's crazy. The the thing that sucks about it too is like I came away from PAX this year with such a positive experience, and mm-hmm. it being one of the better cons that I've been to, right? And one of the few cons that by the time I got home, I was like, there was no incidents, right? Like we were all worried about dealing with coronavirus potentially yeah. because it was the start of all that. Mm-hmm. And when we got home, we were like, that was just a, a non-event. Everything was good. Yeah. Positive. Feel good. Yeah. And then all this stuff comes out afterwards. And you're like, well, damn it. Like, can we not yeah. right. have one con where people are not supreme assholes? Exactly. Oh, they're everywhere. That's the problem. That is the problem. You know, and then it makes it, it, it as if there's not enough to be concerned about these days. Mm-hmm. You know, it right. does. It does make it look bad. Mm-hmm. I know it has nothing to do with PAX, but people are going to associate it with yeah. PAX. Right. Exactly. What well, yeah. Mean? So that's that's my uh, my big freak out. All right. Just balled it all up into one. Yeah. 
Bulby. I'm freaking out right now because the dog's making too much noise. That's the first thing. I apologize. <laughs> Hopefully if you guys people hear, won't hear too much of it. You won't hear too much. The, the, the dog's with me who's got a throat issue, so she tends to cough. My freak out is this coronavirus, and, mm. and not even the virus itself. The way it's being handled mm-hmm. is atrocious. Oh, yeah. Mm. Atrocious. Like, it is the media is getting worse and worse in regards to the way that they are handling things because they don't give out all the facts. They don't make proper comparisons. And people are freaking out mm-hmm. everywhere. They're not responding well. They're mm-hmm. they're reacting very poorly yeah. to the way the media is portraying this. Grocery stores being wiped out of stuff, hand sanitizer, toilet paper. People uh, stocking up on food yeah. that they don't need. Because we're not going to have power outages. No. This isn't like we're snowed in. Mm-hmm. This is, and when you look at it statistically, this is not spreading rapidly. This is not something that's going to wipe out tons of people. It could. It could. Odds are it's not going to. It could, I though. mean, so if you look, if you compare this to 2009's swine flu, mm-hmm. in a matter of a year, the CDC's website reports that it reached, in a year, passed through 60 million Americans. Mm-hmm. 60 million. Mm-hmm. Killing over 12,000. Yeah. And that was with no preparation nobody did anything yeah i mean i don't remember 2009 anything shutting down no did they release anybody from school no so there were not proper precautions taken is what exactly this thing went through and people did nothing so i understand sporting events being shut down people are staying home they're not going out right now which sucks because it hurts business it hurts individuals it can affect paychecks Mm -hmm. but i don't see it spreading and if it does, it seems to only affect a very minute portion of the, the population. Older adults with pre-existing conditions who have respiratory problems. Here's the problem. You're basing everything on what's currently happened and not what could potentially happen. And saying that those who are going to be affected are the only ones who should be worried about it. Mm. Like, we're all potential carriers. Of course. They, they've said that a good 60% of us will probably get it in some form. Mm-hmm. Most of those cases will be mild. And yes, it is going to affect people that are older or particularly younger the most. And that's the most worry for those people, for sure. But I've seen some stuff, too, where people that were in Italy mm-hmm. had the same attitude that a lot of people have over here now. We're like, oh, it's not going to be a big deal. And they didn't take it seriously. And now it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. And people are like, not just saying we're having you work from home. Like, no, people are required to stay in their houses because it's become such a problem over there. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about things like the swine flu, all of our statistics are based on this country. Right. And we're not looking at everything else. No, but we're also taking the steps to prevent. Exactly. Travel and prevent it from. So I think I think that people are freaking out in an exaggerated manner. Mm -hmm. That is 100 percent happening. You are right about that. The media is blowing things up like crazy and people like looting supermarkets and stuff is ridiculous. I'm going to go shopping as I normally do at my normal pace, buying the things that I normally need. Good luck. If I can get them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're not going to find meat right. or toilet paper. Like going to the supermarket, the odds of me contracting it from just going to the supermarket once is not problematic. No. But it's the people that are going all out to the supermarket right now at the same time being in the same place. So that's what blows my mind. They're doing the opposite. They said don't go congregate. to pl- congregate. And yes, what are we doing? That's exactly what they're, they're doing. They're at Walmart. They're at the supermarket. They're at Target doing what? Congregating. Conjugating. Yes. Thank Conjugating. Yeah, Conjugating. Right? Congreg- just, people are just banging in the supermarket. They're doing yeah. <laughs> They're conjugating. In that, front of the meat department. <laughs> uh they they're just losing their minds. I mean, the hand sanitizer is gone. You can't find it anywhere. Yeah. But I don't know why people it, it what's concerning to me is one, they responded this way. Two, how easily controllable are people? I mean, my God. They go on the new and people are losing their their shit. I don't even think it's that they're easily controllable. I think they're not easily controllable. Like there there has never been a word said that anything needed to be stocked up on. Yeah, no one said panic. Nobody's no being said- restricted to being home. People are just freaking out like it's a zombie apocalypse. Mm. And that is not at all what's happening right but now. But my feeling is that if they did come out and say, don't leave your homes, people mm-hmm. would l- just vanish from the streets, which is a problem. You think they too. would? I do. Well, if if there was like law enforcement of yeah. it, yeah. Which I really, I mean, I don't, I don't see us getting to that point. No, I don't either. There's no reason. No. If I could jump in, what 
my sort of take on this right now is I feel like there are people in the general population that are overreacting significantly, but I feel like this is also a top-down issue and we're not seeing enough early action yes. from the the different government agencies and everything else that's above that should be should have been in my opinion on top of this a lot sooner. Mm-hmm. Testing supplies are only just now getting to the point where they can be mass produced, which means that it's likely we are missing some mm-hmm. and that our numbers are going to jump up a lot higher once we're able to start testing. And while there there is one, there is a lot of either misinformation or just confusion about a lot of these things. And I think part of that comes from a lack of information coming from the CDC, Health and Human Services, things yeah. like that, which seems to be a potential issue of how the administration is handling this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not one to be vocal about my politics or anything of the sort, but I think where we're seeing that this already went through China is mm-hmm. going through Italy mm-hmm. and all the complications that they're having. As we were talking, we, we were talking about this back at PAX. We were talking yeah. about this, you know, months ago. One would think that they would have had the resources to start taking it seriously. And at the very least, you want to be safer than sorry. And the know? word is that a lot of information was buried for campaigning reasons. Right. It, which is not okay. No, it's absolutely not You shouldn't not be okay. gambling on human lives no. for something to that degree. Speaking towards you know the virus and its spreading rates, one thing that I think we're really missing, in, and I agree with you, Volpe, as there's a lot of talk about the mortality rates and not about people surviving it mm-hmm. and getting better. But we're also missing the point in the picture is how many of those people needed to be in the ICU? Mm-hmm. How many hospital resources were needed? Because as we approach summer and with the idea being that levels will drop in the summer because mm-hmm. of the warm weathers, it's a very good chance that this is going to pop up again in the fall mm-hmm. because we're not oh, going to be we're will. not going to be able to work fast enough to produce any sort of vaccine for it. Yeah. And if worst case scenario it does continue to get worse especially as we approach summer like we just went through what should have been our normal cold and flu season right. and so a lot of hospitals have already exhausted a lot of their resources and have they're transitioning to what should be, you know, your normal summer mm-hmm. patients, which are usually injury patients and stuff. But if we have a big outbreak, it's not a matter of how many people are getting sick. It's how many people need to go to the hospital, how many people can get treatment, how many people can't get treatment because mm-hmm. all of our systems are overburdened. Yeah. And that's what we really need to be working. On. And the big thing that people are talking about is the idea of flattening the curve mm-hmm. where like the whole reason that everything's getting shut down, all these events are getting shut down. People are staying home like I'm working from home for the next two weeks. I'm an elementary mm-hmm. school teacher. I'm teaching my lessons remotely right. for two weeks. There's extreme measures being taken. I don't think that's an overreaction mm-hmm. because the reason we have to do things like that, unfortunately, the reason we have to do things like that is because the top is not prepared. Right. We're probably not going to change the amount of people that get affected by this. Exactly. But what we can do is slow the rate at mm-hmm. which that spread happens. That's why we're shutting things down. Because if we just acted status quo right now, mm-hmm. everybody gets sick really early before any measures are in place. If we start to social distance from each other, the new hashtag. Yeah. As we social distance from each other and we uh, reduce that likelihood of spreading the virus around, then the same amount of people might get affected, but it won't happen for a while. The cases will come in slower And now we have more time to prepare for those cases and they're more spread out Mm -hmm. so that the beds in the hospitals are accessible. The medications are accessible. All the things that we need will be in place by that point. Right. My message to everyone and as not a healthcare professional, although I do work in a hospital, is that you don't need to freak out and panic and totally go apocalyptic. But I do encourage that we, we do take it seriously. Yeah. Take your hygiene precautions. Wash your damn hands. Wash your damn hands. Try try to avoid, you know, congregating with these people. If you feel like you might be sick, Mm -hmm. you may not be able to immediately get tested, but take precautions you can. You know, take sick sick days if you're able to avoid seeing people if you can. This in the long run is more important than getting mad about the conventions that are closed or the sporting events that are canceled. Yep. That's all I got. Okay. All right. <laughs> you are right, though. I agree with you. No, the, no, the, for there sure. is there's fear mongering going on. Yeah. There's a lot of hysteria yeah. that is totally. I've had to deal with customers mm-hmm. who are losing their minds, who are just pestering me. Staff who are clearly not good in situations like this, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you're gonna lose your job over this mm-hmm. if you don't stop. Yeah. I need to wipe like, down all the equipment three times. No, it's not that. It's the 
outward vocalization of panic. Yeah, and we're gonna shut. They're gonna shut down the state and just creating more fear. Yeah, and and like you know, if this gets worse, I'm not coming to work. Yeah, yikes. Then you're fired. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Like you got to come to work. You can't not come to work because you're concerned about it. Like that's just dealing with like unneeded Mm -hmm. nonsense because of this i'm like i'm so over it can we let's let's just get through this yeah, shit at this yeah. point like come on well that's the most political this show we'll probably ever get um okay. <laughs> uh jumping to something a lot less critical but hurts me still the magicians has been canceled mm. which is a show that i absolutely love i've had the opportunity to interview the cast on several occasions oh yeah it is ending with its current fifth season, which is now running, mm-hmm. meaning that the season five finale on April 1st will also serve as the series finale. Mm-hmm. The only good news, because at first you go, well, what the hell? I've been watching this show for five years. Right. It's going to leave me on a cliffhanger, which I always hate. We complain about that so many times. There should always be some sort of an obligation that we've said many times that when you've invested so much time in a show, they should be obligated to provide some sort of conclusion so you don't feel like you wasted all that time. Right, we need a payoff. Yeah, but according to producers Sarah Gamble and John McNamara, they had a feeling that this was the case uh, going in from the start of the fifth season. Mm -hmm. So the season finale that they crafted for season five was also set to serve a dual function of being a series finale if that were to happen. So from what we're being told... They actually did kind of construct it as a satisfying conclusion, mm-hmm. which makes me very happy, even though I'm still very sad that the show is ending. At least you're not going to be left in the dark. Exactly. Pissed off that you didn't get a satisfying. I hate that shit. Yeah. Well, we all do. Any idea if like they did it where it's like they had a an ending version and a not ending version? That I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. wondering. But I, I, I am very bummed to see it just because this is one of the shows that's kind of maintained its quality mm-hmm. throughout. And they... They are like, I know Game of Thrones, you can say, oh, nobody's safe. I don't know if I've ever seen a set of characters go through the amount of crap that these characters have had to go through. Uh-huh. And it's it's insane that they're still coming up with ways to like torture these people. But also they're like constantly saving the world. And there's a lot of positive stuff, too. But yeah, truly no character is safe. They've lost like major characters and the show still endures. And oh, wow. it's still just as good as it has been at the beginning. So mm-hmm. a lot of props to them. And I hope they stick the landing. Yeah, hope, hopefully. Hopefully we'll get a nice good ending. Yeah. Not, not a Dexter. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, last one is, I guess I should call it Harley Quinn Birds of Prey because that's what it's called now. I saw this on your, your list and I was like, hmm, let's see. I was waiting. Yeah. Because it came out and I'm like, I haven't heard anything from Rob. Well, this. it was originally called yeah. Birds of Prey and the mm-hmm. Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Right. That was the name of the movie. Horrible marketing decision. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is not what you yeah. call a movie. No. There were a lot of people that were like, oh, I didn't even realize Harley Quinn was in it. No, I didn't. I had no idea. Because when you shorten that, it's Birds of Prey. It says right. Birds of Prey mm-hmm. on all the marquees. Yeah. So they changed after being released in the theaters for a week. They changed the name of the movie to Harley Quinn colon Birds of Prey. Right. I didn't even realize they did that. Yeah. Wow. They did it because sales were so bad and they realized how dumb of a marketing decision they made, even though all the marketing material is Harley Quinn all over it. Right. But the movie is still called Birds of Prey. And right. that's like a subtitle that includes Harley Quinn's name. Literally the last two words in the subtitle is Harley Quinn. And yeah. nobody's going to read that fine. Print. Nope. Nope. So even watching the movie, mm-hmm. it is a Harley Quinn movie. The mm-hmm. Birds of Prey are there. Did you right. enjoy it? It was all right. Mm. My biggest complaint with it, aside from just that dumb marketing, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. the fact that from the beginning, and I said this from the promo materials and from the intro trailers, I don't know why DC, for the most part, is so afraid of being faithful to the comic. Yeah. I don't know why they have to, they feel like they have to ground everything in reality. Right. Like why make things gritty that don't have to be gritty and realistic. Yeah. Why it still like, worked with, with the Nolan Batman and they can't let go of that. I guess not. But I'm, Apparently. but they, they had started to learn like mm-hmm. wonder woman was learning. Was Shazam, Shazam was, yeah. Shazam Shazam was learning. Was great. But then they like backpedaled on this and felt that they couldn't get away from the aesthetic that suicide squad set up, I guess. Right. Because even though this is totally under different direction, right? it is. Like, yeah. 
you look at the the promo materials and I know the birds of prey pretty well. I know they're not like a widely known group for everybody. Sure. But they're a group that I'm very familiar with because they're all part of like the Batman universe. Right. And if you look at the promo materials, I would not have been able to tell you, oh, that one's Black Canary. Oh, that one's Huntress. I would not have been able to tell you which character is which based on their clothing. They were so far away from their costumes. And there is a moment in the end of the movie where they come in with things that are more towards their costumes. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, why weren't they wearing that that the whole time? Right. Why didn't they do that and just have that be the thing? Like, you didn't have to dance around it. We want to see our comics happening live action on the mm. screen. Right. That's what I want to see. That's what they I don't for. need to see your new interpretation mm-hmm. of the characters that have lasted for decades doing what they do best. Yeah. I mean, they can look. Marvel did it. Exactly. Did. You had Thor, who could have been the most cartoony looking you know the outfit and the you had rocket raccoon rocket rack thank you even more and a freaking tree yeah (laughs) and they pulled it off and it worked so great people want to see the bright colored superman yes don't be afraid of your characters just do it right now this one came out with an r rating did this feel like a forced r rating or was it like okay this fit fine it was fine okay yeah one of the ones one of the things that i was wondering yeah no that was okay Mm-hmm. I had no problems there. Okay. Yeah. When is Disney going to buy DC? <laughs> you know, come on. Come they on. can't have everybody. They can't have everybody. They can't have everybody. But they would fix it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> then we'd finally get that Batman Captain America crossover that everyone, and I mean everyone, right. I mean nobody wants. I, I, I want it. Okay. You want it? You can have it. <laughs> uh, let's do some reviews, Damien. What are you talking about? I am talking about the Amazon Prime series Sneaky Pete. Yes. It is... All right, like I was just put it on. My mom had watched it and she Mm -hmm. said it was really good. And she said, okay, you have to watch it. And I was like, okay, sure, I'll put it on. And after a couple episodes, I was absolutely hooked to the point where this has become one of my favorite series that I've ever watched. Wow. That good. And I was, and it was at the point where I was like, why didn't I hear of this? And I looked around and I'm like, nobody's really heard of this. Like it was one of the shows that was released towards the beginning of the Amazon Prime Mm -hmm. video series. Yeah, it was one of their first series. Yeah. Right. And it's rated very highly and it did very, very well critically. But I'm just shocked that, that it's not everywhere more. As for a synopsis, it's a, it's a crime drama series created by David Shore. And it's really like a passion product for Brian Cranston, who is also, you know, big executive producer. And he also has a role in the film mm-hmm. or in the, in the series. Your main character, Marius Josipovic, played by Giovanni Ribisi, is a con man. Mm-hmm. He gets out of prison uh, only to find himself that he's being hunted by the gangster that he had pulled a, a con on. Mm-hmm. He's holding his brother hostage and everything. So to kind of get out of prison and kind of get away from that life and get his bearings, he assumes the identity of his cellmate, whose name mm-hmm. is Pete. Mm-hmm. Hence the Sneaky Pete titling. And he goes back and he essentially reunites with Pete's family, that Pete's family, who like his grandmother and cousins who haven't seen him in over 20 years. So he just straight up assumes that identity and goes in and the the family owns a bail bonds service Mm -hmm. and his goal is, okay, I'm going to con them out of the money. I can get that money and I can go back and pay off the guy who's got my brother and my old partner and, you know, settle that debt, make everything okay. And that's kind of like a thing that comes up throughout the series as he's using all these tricks to manipulate people. He does the card tricks. He reads people. He can read a room really well. And the way that they write the direction of all of these things, it just comes off so good that you're like, what? How do you do that? Yeah. But in a way that's like, it feels believable. Not like, a, oh, no one would ever fall for that. Like, yeah, like yeah. They're very well-crafted things that he does. The character writing is absolutely phenomenal. There's five people in Pete's like family. Okay. And each one of them is written in a way that they have a very distinct personality and they all have storylines that intertwine with each other's mm-hmm. and with along with Pete's storyline in a way where everyone feels like they actually have a role. Mm. And it's really, really good. As the first season progresses, things get really intense, hot under the collar, you know, trying to do one thing while you're trying to keep up the calm with the family. And, you know, people hunting you down there. So you got to keep your story straight. Mm-hmm. You got to start borrowing from Peter to pay Paul type of thing. Mm-hmm. And it just, it just like, it's like a roller coaster that keeps on going. And then, bam, they hit you 
at the end of the series, everything's good, great, boom. It, it just starts off the second season from the last episode of mm-hmm. the first season, which I absolutely love. So the so story up just right keeps on going. Yeah. Um, the whole, check this out. It ran for three seasons mm-hmm. and it did unfortunately get canceled mm-hmm. at the after the third season in 2019. But it, in a similar manner where they had a heads up that like this oh, could mm-hmm. be Good. the end. It's a satisfying conclusion for that season, mm-hmm. which is great. Uh, it doesn't like start off with like an immediate cliffhanger like the first season did. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you do get a bit of a payoff. It would have been great to see this continue. But overall, it's so if I sit and watch the good. whole series. Yes. When it ends, you'll be like, I'll be like, OK, I can accept it. Yes, you'll okay. accept it. You'll be like, I wish there would be more. I would have loved to see where the story continued. Mm-hmm. But everything that had been opened up is neatly tied. So you're, you're happy. Yes. And if they ever pick it up again, you'll be. Thrilled. I will be so, watching it day yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, enough, there's enough demand. I've actually days. seen the first few episodes of this. Really? What were yeah. Your thoughts? Well, okay. So here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I might not have seen the same version that you did. Okay. Because I'm part of a program uh, with Amazon where sometimes I get exclusive looks at things. Right. It's not because I'm a journalist. It's completely unrelated to that. Weirdly oh. enough. Okay. Cool. And my feedback helps shape some of their programs. Okay. Cool. So I've seen a lot of things that famous. either. Yeah, he's got all this power. <laughs> I've seen a lot of things that either make it to air as I saw them in mm-hmm. a slightly different version. So I saw the first like two or three episodes of Sneaky Pete yep. way before, at least months before they actually released it. Yeah. Based on what I saw, I was like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. The premise didn't grab me so much, but I think it's mostly because I felt uncomfortable with what he was doing. For Mm. sure. This is definitely a show where your protagonist is not a good person. Yes. And and that's hard for me to stick with. Right. He's sympathetic. So you're rooting for him. But you see the things that you're doing and you're like, I only like you because you're better than the person, the people that are worse than you. Yeah. The lesser of two evils. Yeah. Yeah. So Volpe will like it. Oh, oh yeah, sounds good to me. Uh, I don't know. It's it's a rare show. Like Dexter got, is yeah. the same thing, but Dexter mm-hmm. hooked me in and yeah. was just next level amazing. Sure, Sneaky Pete had that going on, but mm-hmm. didn't for me have enough to keep me hooked on it. But yeah. again, I don't know if we watched the same episodes in a way. Yeah, there could enough. have been changes. Nonetheless, I recommend giving it a shot. I'm not going to be sad if you don't watch it all the way through, but yeah, give it a shot. <laughs> all right. Mine is a video game which is called Monster Boy and the mm. Cursed Kingdom. It is a classic platformer mm-hmm. style game. All right. Uh, very much in the vein of a Mario or anything like that. Damien, did you watch me? I watched play a little bit of this. Of this yes. Yeah. So I played pretty much the whole game on stream. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, about a 20 hour playthrough. Okay. So there's there's a lot of there's depth content in it. it. Yeah. Basically, you play as a, it's a very goofy premise. You play as a kid whose uncle comes in with like a magic wand. Everyone ends up getting turned into animals oh, wow. in like the entire town or kingdom or wherever you are. And it's your job. And then, oh, then your uncle gets kidnapped. So oh, your no. uncle's like drunk with a magic wand oh, and turns okay. everyone in. That'll always yeah. end well. Mm-hmm. And then someone comes in and like scoops him up and kidnaps him. And you're like, oh, well, now I have to go save my uncle and I need to turn everyone back into people. So. You are Monster Boy, which is the continuation of an existing franchise. This was another situation where, like, they went to the people who had the license or, like, we want to do a Monster Boy sequel. They wouldn't do, like, an homage to it. Yeah. But then they talked to them. They're like, no, go ahead. Oh, cool. Like, you have our blessing. Let's do this. I like this. So they made an actual official sequel to the Monster Boy games. And as this character, you start off, I believe, in the pig form. Okay. So and each each of the forms that you get throughout the game mm-hmm. have different abilities that okay. allow you to do. So there's kind of like a Metroidvania yeah. kind of aspect to it where like certain abilities unlock different areas. Mm-hmm. And now you can backtrack into other areas to find other things that you couldn't get to before because you I didn't see. have those abilities. So it's kind of nice. It's not super, super linear like mm-hmm. a lot of platformers are. You can jump around. There is a linear story and everything, but you can backtrack and re-explore areas you've gone to. The entire world is one map. Okay. So it's not like cool. there's different levels. Yeah. You can go through and you have a map of everything, which is so nice. That's it's not cool. like you're just blindly walking mm-hmm. all over the place. Mm-hmm. You do reveal it as you go. Okay. But now that the map is there, it's very easy to find out how to get back to other areas and there's fast travel and all that stuff. But cool. you can see like a whole world map as you go through. So you have the pig who's able to like sniff out hidden treasures and stuff. <laughs> and he's That's also cool. heavier. So okay. he can do like a stomp. 
yeah. and like break the ground and things like that. Cool. Uh, you have a snake form. Mm-hmm. So if there's like little holes, you can crawl into that. You can spit venom. You can climb on moss like upside down in certain areas oh, and that's stuff. Cool. There is a uh, frog where the frog can use his tongue mm-hmm. almost as like a thing to swing on. Oh, cool. oh, that's cool. So you can grab onto things with your tongue and swing around. You can eat certain types of enemies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when you get to like the top three forms, starting with the frog, you also have your normal weapons. So you still have like a sword and a shield. And there are different weapons you can get throughout the game that each have abilities. There are different sets of these weapons. Like there's an ice armor. There's like fire armor. Oh, wow. So there's a lot of upgrading of your system that way too. There's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Which is really nice. Yeah. Wow. It's kind of cool. There's a lion form where you can like charge through stone walls and smash them up and stuff. You can also do like a dive attack with your swords and all that. And then the last one is the dragon form. So you can actually start to fly around and breathe fire and you still have the sword and shield and everything in that form. And it's a lot of fun. And you get these forms like progressively throughout the game. Okay. So like if you're starting to feel that the mechanics are getting stale, which I never did. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, here comes another form and Mm. here's new gameplay options and new things you can do. And it's like, yeah, all right. That's super awesome. Great. And it's, it's a lot of fun. It's not like a super crushingly challenging game. Mm -hmm. It's actually, I would say on the easier level, which isn't a problem. No, but it's an enjoyable experience. It's fun. Right. That's what matters. It's enough of a challenge to keep me invested, but it's fun. Yeah. Especially with a game that long, like you don't want it to be crushing because it's going to be exhausting before you finish it. So that's, that's good to hear. Yeah. So I highly recommend that to people. Monster Boy and the Curse Kingdom. I think it's pretty much on every platform. Cool. All right. So whatever you want to play it on, feel free. I should say too, just to be Mm -hmm. fair, that was provided a code provided to me by the developers. We had interviewed them at PAX a few years ago. Nice. So uh, they hooked me up with a code when it actually came out. And I really, really enjoyed the game much more than I even thought I would. Cool. That is pretty much all that we have for you this episode. Uh, so as we get out of here, final thoughts or something you'd like to plug, Mike Volpe? Uh, we're still in the new year-ish, so if you're, uh, well, <laughs> if you're brave enough to venture out into public and go <laughs> to the gym and you need supplements, go over to sbvsupplements.com. I just launched a new flavor of the pre-workout, reformulated it, so it's got more in it for mental alertness, oh, yes. focus, energy, all that stuff, so... You can grab that. I've got protein powders, including a vegan protein if you are vegan or just don't like whey protein. So check that out, sbvsupplements.com. I'm glad you're actually regularly plugging your supplements yeah, on the no, show now. It took you you may, long I enough. feel like I have to because if I don't, one of you will. So. Right? <laughs> yeah, and we'll yell at you if you don't. I know. That's actually really good, Volpe, because I've been dying to get your pre-workout again. Oh, good. So I'm putting in an order tonight, Thank which you. will be great. Uh, as for me, you can find me on the site, on Twitter, at MC Hammer Bro, and that's all I've really got going on. Hopefully, with this new work-life balance, I'll have a little more content coming on, but I make that promise every single episode, so <laughs> until somebody starts holding me to it, I can't say what's going to happen. And we'll see you next March. Next year, <laughs> The Geek Generation is part of the Geek Generation Network. If you like this show, be sure to check out our other podcasts at thegeekgeneration.com. If you use iTunes, please rate the show and write a review. We may even read your review on an upcoming episode. You can watch our live events at twitch.tv slash thegeekgeneration. You can support this show and get access to exclusive bonus content by visiting our Patreon campaign at thegeekgeneration.com slash support. You can continue the conversation with us on our Discord server at thegeekgeneration.com slash Discord. Send emails to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com. And as always, the show theme is provided by Machine Supremacy. A link to their site can also be found on our site. We'll be back soon with more geeky stuff for you, and we will see you then. Later. Make it so.